Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new MMA Roasted Podcast. It's me, Adam Hunter. I'm here with... T-Rex, what's going on? And we have in studio a very special guest, uh... Reporter slash uh, photographer slash uh, marijuana (laughs) advocate. Yes, very much more a marijuana advocate. Lazy uh, the Savage is here. Uh, Lazy um, is he? He was a big hit on our podcast a couple days, a couple last week. He came on and told this epic Nick Diaz story. Hilarious. Which, by the way, got us a ton of traffic, and people were like, "When's Lazy coming back on? When's Lazy coming back on?" Lazy, you, um, we, we're recording this. By the way, we recorded two podcasts today, so. The time's a little delayed, whatever. But you just got back from UFC 168. You were with Ronda Rousey. Tell us about that. It was nuts, man. It was nuts. She was ready from from the get. You know, uh, I, I'm glad she got to showcase uh, a little bit more of her skills, and she got to go into the third round. I don't know how you guys felt about the fight, but our consensus was that she proved to the world that, you know, her stand-up was pretty legit and she's been working on, you know, patching the holes up in her game. No, we were saying that I, she never looked better. I mean, I mean, obviously when she's, you know, armbar someone in 12 seconds, like, it's very impressive. But those, I've never seen throws like that. Those are some of the best throws I've ever seen in MMA, period. If not the best. And here's the thing, I've been watching those for the last two months. For the last two months this training camp's been going on, I've been watching her spar, WBC champ, uh, Diana Prazic, who's a savage, you know, I mean a beast. And Ronda's in there throwing down with her every day. Practicing her stand-up more so than her judo. Or her no, her re- judo, I'm saying. Her judo, her stand-up was, was good. Uh, yeah, she's w- such a natural, though. But those throws were like, her, her, yeah. those she judo throws. Those hip throws were nasty. I've never seen anything like that before in a fight. She brought in a little uh, a, a little wrestling beast by the name of Martin Barbardian, and he was a savage. And those two were like watching two Tasmanian devils. You know, yeah, it was just nuts, all training camp. And the whole time I'm just thinking – you know, Misha's a sweet girl, but I hope she's bringing her A game because she could seriously get hurt. And, you know, she did. She brought her A game, and I was thoroughly impressed with, uh, you know, her defense. But I was more so impressed with Ronda and her domination and, and the amount of strikes she, she landed. kind of ragged And, you know, Misha called her out to a stand-up fight, and Ronda happily obliged. Well, and uh, well, so, yeah. so I, I, when I was watching, I was like, it, it looked like Ronda could – take her down and do the arm bar any, at any point that she wanted to but she was just trying to like showcase her stand up and, and show that she's not a one trick pony and and uh, and do her thing like she, what do you think is that the case? No, I don't know. I don't know about you that. You don't think so? I she, think Ronda she, goes in there for the kill. Yeah, she's like she's like a lion seeing a gazelle. And but she for this one, I felt like she was methodical and she took her time and she was patient and she didn't have to worry about any mal, uh, wardrobe malfunctions or anything <laughs> like that this time. You know, uh, and, you know, she's been working with Henry Gracie a lot and here on Gracie over the Gracie Academy. And one of the things they've been working on, because they, they've been, she's been working with them this entire camp as well. And one of the things they've been working on with her is staying patient, you know, when you're in certain positions where Ronda is usually, she's used to the judo where you got five minutes, 
you know, the minute you hit the ground, you yeah. got to move, you got to do something. And, and I don't think that was the case with this fight. And she, uh, she seemed like she was enjoying throwing. Now, are you punches. are you officially her spokesperson now? No, like, man, I'm just a, I'm a good friend. We, uh, she was nice enough to uh, move me out to Venice, and and uh, she moved you yeah. out. Well, I mean, you know, let me stay with her, and and I'm so I'm staying with her, Shayna Baszler, <laughs> Jessamyn Duke, Marina Shafir, all in a house, all in a house. It's a big fighter house, and basically we all just. Do you ever walk around? Wait, the you, and four, wait. <laughs> you and four no, fighter girls. No, and and, uh, and uh, Marina's uh, boyfriend Justin. Who's oh, a really you nice just ruined it. Too, you just so. ruined my. I know. Fantasy. That was Sorry. A, wait. Yeah. Now, now it's you. I mean, he keeps you, the estrogen and the masculine levels, I guess, equal. Because otherwise, there'd just be way too much estrogen in that house. Have you hooked I'd up probably with any be of still them having no? my period if I. Right? Have you hooked up with any of them? <laughs> no, no, it's not like that. You don't shit where you eat. No, can I cuss on? Yeah, you okay, can say yeah. That. Uh, yeah, I definitely don't shit where I eat, and. Um, you know, Raw, like I said, Rondo was good friends with my ex girlfriend, oh, and so right. it would be weird like that. But, but no, Rhonda said, I just, no, but Rhonda did story. say that she likes to uh, have pre fight sex to get her estrogen up. I mean, is that is that true? I don't know because I've never heard, seen Rhonda with anybody or anything like that. You know, her, you're person, lying. I swear to God, I tell you what, this girl's in the gym two times a day, every day. She'll be back in the gym tomorrow. I guarantee it. You've I, never seen her with a dude? No. Ever? Never. And and it's not like I haven't seen her with a girl or anything like that. She's definitely not into girls. That, you know like that was that. coming next. Yeah, I, I can see the look in your eyes right now. That wasn't even what no, was going. Honestly, I was coming next. No, but it, she, <laughs> no, honestly, and it's it's hilarious because you read on the forums, everybody's like, oh, she's banging so-and-so, or she must be having sex with him. She's with him, you know, and it's not the case, man. So I, you don't think she's had sex in, what, six months? Dude, I don't. I honestly don't know. And if she is, she's sneaking out the back door and doing it because you know, like I said, it's and it's got to be while we're all sleeping because we are with her all the time. The girl wakes up. It's it's either a strength and conditioning program or it's a hardcore wrestling workout in the morning, and then you know it's another training session, jujitsu at night, or you know hardcore boxing session, sparring. I mean, it's every day. And when the girl gets home and has some free time. We're chilling around the house, relaxing, not doing anything. Have you found any vibrators around the house? Like, <laughs> no. Really? There's no, no like, communities, no, nothing? No, no I, stay, yeah, I stay out of Rhonda's room, too. So I know, but, but between Shayna Baszler and all those girls, there's not one, like, hey, can I, can I, can I, can I borrow the... The, the Jackrabbit? The, the Jackrabbit? No, no. <laughs> the John Dodson? <laughs> oh, man, no. No. I haven't seen any of that going on. Now, now Lazy, I, I was saying to him that, like, I think that Rhonda's making a big mistake as far as, like, welcoming the booze. Because when I, I met Rhonda for, like, 10 minutes at an after party. I was with you know, Cody and Ellenberger, and mm -hmm. Rhonda was there. The girl could not have been a sweeter person. Mm -hmm. Like, the girl... I mean, it was only 10 minutes. Granted, 10 minutes is not a good time to judge somebody. But I know on Facebook and Twitter, I've asked her, hey, can you come, you know, coach my kids wrestling? I coach a wrestling team. And she's like, oh, you know, if I have time, I know I'm, I mean, gets back to everybody. She responds to her fans. It seems like a genuine nice, anybody that I know that met her says she's a nice girl. And I think that she did herself a disservice because she's like, oh, you know, I want to be booed. And granted, she's like, I've been booed everywhere. When, you, when you're booed because you're from another country, it's different boo than when they don't like your personality. Uh, you know, when someone goes to a different country and they say something, oh, I'm going to boo, he's not American, versus like, I know you, I don't like you, boo. I mean, don't you think she's doing herself a disservice by doing that? I mean, when she's fired. I don't, because they're still going to try and pay to watch her get her ass kicked. If they don't like her, they're still going to pay. And what's that doing? That's putting money in her pocket. Now, here's the thing. It's... I, mean, I think she should get more. She could get more money through through um, endorsements and stuff. I want to hear. Hold on. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm, I'm not to stuff. interrupt. But. Yeah, no, I, I see where you guys are coming from. Definitely, you know. Um, but 
it's it's not that Rhonda enjoys being booed. It's just she doesn't let it affect her. You know, Rhonda is very sweet. And, you know, those people that boo her don't deserve to get to know the real Rhonda Rousey. Like, you had the chance to meet her for 10 minutes, like, the way I know her. I've arm wrestled her. Really? Yeah. How did that go? I lost both times. We, <laughs> I believe we, that. I wrestled right-handed and left-handed. And she was and she a cool girl, right? And she was super cool. And then I talked to her at the bar. She was at, it was at the MMA Awards in 2011, and she was with, the, I think, an Asian dude at the time dating. Yeah, and yeah. we talked about that, and it was kind of funny. And then I saw her at another fight at the, uh, anyway. But she was cool every time I've talked to her, like super cool. Yeah, you know, she was a little jaded after the Ultimate Fighter. It was kind of, uh, I think it left a bad taste in her mouth, and she stopped even going. And she used to be really responsive to all her fans on Twitter and stuff like that. And now I think, she doesn't even like, I mean, people say the meanest, the meanest thing. I mean, Adam, I'm sure you've, you've, you know, people Oh, yeah, no, I get people, people calling me, uh, oh, you're an F. And F- why? An F- they don't even F- know you. They're telling me, oh, you suck, wants, and I'm going to kick your ass. And I, I've read people talk about, like, oh, I read someone on Twitter one time retweeted, like, hey, Rhonda, why don't you kill yourself like your dad? And I'm just like, yeah, like, heard, like, heard like, what, man. like, like what type brutal. of person are you? Like an anonymous one that hides behind a screen. And the thing is, I've never booed anybody. I I don't boo people. I I don't. I don't comment on people. I don't comment on people's YouTube pages. I don't like trying to. I don't get into fights with people. I'm not saying I'm a perfect human being. You're missing But I I just. I don't understand. Look, I got attacked. (laughs) But my dog got attacked. I I will stick up for my dog. I will fight for my dog. (laughs) What happened was, I have a missing tooth right now because. I'm not going to tell the whole story. Explain this list. Somebody's dog dog bit my dog and in my elevator. And then I was like, you got to create a dog. And the guy punched me. Next thing I know, I'm in in a fight in the elevator. I'm headbutting the guy because my friend Joey Varner was like, headbutt if you get into a street fight. So I was headbutting. Joey Vegas. Yeah, Joey Vegas. And then we're fighting. And then... I take him down finally, and then my dog bites his leg. It's the same story you heard. I'm sorry you heard it, but I do have a missing tooth, and he, and he asked. Okay, the Ronda Rousey. I'm back to this though. Don't you? But okay, she wants to get into acting, and she's already into acting. She's in two major films. I think she wants to get more into stunt work than she does acting. Stunt I think. work. She'll yeah. make a billion dollars an actress. Yeah, I mean, I think eventually she'll get she'll get down that. But her true passion, I think, uh, she loves doing stunt work. But she, she's taking acting lessons. Yeah, I mean, of course, you know, if you're going to be involved, you might. As well, you know. But don't you think by telling everyone, I don't care if you boo me, and not shaking someone's hand, that you're you're throwing money out the out the way? Like now, all of a sudden, this likable America's girl that I want to go see, who's hot, is now becoming like uh, uh, I'm not gonna pay for this bitch. Blah blah blah. I hate to compare it to pro wrestling, but let me do it in this way. She's do you remember heel. when you remember when The Rock came, first came on the scene? He was the heel, and people booed. No, him, actually, him. he was. He was so he was corny not. when Actually, he came. He was on. corny, yeah, it was and terrible. then he became the heel. So then he became the heel, and you know he booed. He got booed, booed, booed. But then eventually, people liked to boo him so much that they started to love him. I think Ronda could just ignore that and get past all this booze and that kind of thing, and people will come back to loving but there's her for a, what there's she a, does. No, I'll tell you why you're wrong, Lazy. And I, I, I'm, I'm, because uh, wrestling's fake. Wrestling's <laughs> fake, and there's a charisma <laughs> factor that The Rock had that you love to hate him. I think people are genuinely are starting to hate Ronda Rousey. <laughs> I don't think I don't think it's like oh Chael or The Rock or like certain people. Oh, I just even like even Bisbing has a certain like lovable quality, sure. and I think Ronda has it. And you obviously you're a nice person, but she's like she let this Misha take because I told him Ronda didn't do that against Carmouche. She didn't do that against Sarah Kaufman. Any of her opponents, she didn't. She's really. not going to do it against Sarah McMahon. No, definitely. You know, not. she let this one girl kind of get in her head where she didn't have to. All she had to do was say, you know what, Misha, good fight. Sh- shake your hand. Hug, uh, you know? I, don't, I don't know about that. The handshake thing, 
you know, I think Rhonda would look like more of an asshole if she did shake her hand because you know if no, uh, you know, here's I the thing. Know. I think here's the thing. Getting, the fight was getting it out of the way. Like I'm gonna beat your ass on national television. But it was more than and just now between it's them. Now it was more than just between them. There was things. There was what happened. A team. Okay. It was a team. All right, rivalry. family. All right. So she you know? said you insulted my family. You're on. You're in the inner Rhonda circle. You're in the bubble. You're in the rousy bubble. What the hell did she say about her family? It, you know, she could be referring to her mom. I don't know if she said anything about her mom, but I know that she considers her training camp her family. Edmund, Edmund So saying that Edmund has a has a unibrow is really the worst thing in the world. No, just disrespecting the whole. You know, we don't know what really happened on the set of the Ultimate Fighter. That's we what just I'm know saying. What they wanted to show us. And, if Ronda would have said, "Look," and Hector Lombard has said it best that every rea- every reaction comes from or every reaction comes from an, an action, action. Yeah. You know, I don't think Hector actually. Own, so I don't think I don't think Hector was the first person to say that. There was, I think that was Newton, but 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 but, but yeah, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> okay, so now now normally, uh, all right. So okay, uh, all right. So look, bottom line is I'm a Ronda fan. You're, uh, we're all Ronda fans. I just think she's doing herself a disservice, and I would tell her this. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not trying to bash Ronda. I just I don't think that I think that she just could have played it up a little a little cooler and just said, you know what, I am because she looks it's so impossible good. to to you know. To please everybody, and she right. just doesn't want to be somebody she's not. She, in her heart, she didn't feel like Misha had. She didn't feel like fighting was what squashes the beef, you know. So, and to me, at first, I was kind of like, oh, you know, maybe because I we I talked to Ron about this a month before the fight. I said, you know, how are you going to react after the fight? And she's, I'm on to the next one. I said, well, you know, are you going to help her up when you, you know, that kind of thing? And she's like, I have no intentions on doing that. And the look in her in her eyes was. Because she had been disrespected by yeah. her, and if she would have shook her hand, it would have been fake, and that's something that Rhonda just isn't. She would have, she would have still felt like I have animosity. My team has animosity right. towards she you. Was, she'd be but like, I hand, just shake this bitch's hand. Yeah, yeah, but don't yeah, you, she would have probably kicked herself in the but ass. But don't you for think the there's a certain night, point, right? like, okay, all right, so okay, look, I, I, I get it, and I respect okay. that. Yeah. At the same time, okay, you and I. Okay, all of us get hate mail all day, right? Or not all day, but people on Twitter, you're not funny, you suck, yeah. you're the worst comic ever, you're Larry the Cable Guy. Your stand-up is worse your than Jake Shields. Your stand-up is worse than Jake Shields, right? <laughs> now, nine, 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 I, I want to come back and be like, go kill yourself, you know, you should have been aborted, you know, who are you? I'm doing better than you, I'm making, but I don't, because I'm like, I don't want to give them the power. And to me... If I was doing what Rhonda did, I'd be like, you know what? I'm not being fake. And I spent all day bashing those people. But there's a certain point of like you have to kind of go above that and don't give them the time. And that's what I'm saying is that she's, she gave Misha the time. She gave her the power. She, she, you know, you know, like she could have took the power back and, and said – I, I, mean, I don't Well, know I think you, she did take the power back at – <laughs> three minutes something in yeah, the third round. Yeah, she won round. the fight, which is 99%. I mean, it's, it's all about me, the And to me, that's all that matters. I You're don't right. give a damn about anything else. I want to see fights. I want to see finishes and exciting fighters, and there's no doubt that Ronda Rousey is exactly that. I, I, I hear you. that's all I care about. Now, uh, we have the one of the best segments ever. Uh, we have the Nick Diaz story, <laughs> which we uh, or Nate Diaz. Either Diaz's brother will work. Uh, we have where Lazy tells a Nick Diaz story. Want to do that, Nick? Okay, so... We, right now, we, we have some time. Let's hear it. Well, here's the thing, because I remember last time on this on the show, you asked if, if we were best friends. I told you that wasn't the case. We were just we were friends, you know? But I'll tell you about the first time I did meet Nick. And this is back when I was spending my time as a fanboy creating little highlights just because I, I loved the sport and I was bored at home smoking a bunch of weed and making some cool videos and that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, I was a big fan, and I had some friends 
who were working on the set of this production company, and they, they called me. And they're like, hey, we're shooting Nick. It's for this piece we're going to do. I know you'd want to be there. I could use you as a camera assistant. Psh, I was on it. You know, I was like, for sure. I'm, you know, going to meet my favorite fighter of all time. This, I'm, ex- I'm, ex- I'm ecstatic, you know? So he says, okay, we need to be there five, five o'clock in the morning to wake Nick up to, you know, go to this triathlon, you know, out in the middle of nowhere. So I'm with these two guys and we, we pull up in front of Nick's house in Stockton, which isn't a bad area where he lives. Yet you can still hear gunshots at night. <laughs> it's, right. it's it's still not a But at a least great... it's in the distance. Yeah, yeah, at least it's in the distance. It's not right outside the window. So we're sitting in front of the house. It's still dark. I'm stoned already. And uh, I'm starting to, you know, we're, we get there and everybody's like, well, who's going to go wake up Nick Diaz? And I'm like, not me. F*** that, you know? Like, so everybody kind of looks at each other like, well, we'll just call him. We'll call him, no answer, no answer. We don't know what time we're supposed to be there. He just said he wants us to wake him up at 5 or be at the house at 5, you know? And um, so time goes by, no one goes, knocks on the door or anything like that. We're just waiting for him. I just start to get comfortable after about 45 minutes passed. I start to fall asleep in the back seat. And you hear the door, front door, just swing open. And you can hear, like, just massive amounts of, like, luggage and gear being carried out. And I hear Nick's voice, you motherfuckers, I told you to be here at 5 to wake me up now. I'm late and I got to rush to this shit. And he's pissed right and i look up and i see nick just carrying like massive amount of stuff and he's throwing them into the back of his uh you know trailblazer super sport and and um we walk up with the guys and you know i had been doing highlights as lazy the savage already at this point right and right. nick had seen the highlights and he was him and nate were both fans of the highlights they had sent me messages saying sweet work that kind of thing but i had still not met them yet <clears throat> So we walk up to Nick, and he's furious. He's fuming, and he's throwing his stuff in the back. And one of the guys who brought me there, who was, you know, the one who called me and invited me, was like, hangs me out the dry. He's like, this is Lazy the Savage. (laughs) Like, I look at him like, time and place, buddy. You know, Nick doesn't skip a beat, doesn't say one word, doesn't look at me, just keeps throwing his stuff in there. Looks at my friend who tried to introduce me, snaps his finger, points at him, and says, you, come with me. They jump in the car together, right? Now, where are my other buddies? Broke down 1985 piece of shit Honda Accord that's like running on three wheels practically, right? We got all the camera equipment, everything we could possibly need for the shoot. Nick and my buddy, or my production friend, I'm going to save his name for, uh, <laughs> for, for purposes, but they're in Nick's Supersport and they're doing 120 miles an hour, right? And we can barely catch him in my other buddy's piece of shit, so... <laughs> Then we get in the middle of nowhere because we're going to this one of these triathlons where, you know, they're obviously in the lakes and shit like that. And there's not a gas station in sight. All of a sudden, we start to realize we're running out of gas. And I look at my buddy and I was like, dude, who's going to be the one to call them and tell them <laughs> that they need to come back and get us when we're already late because we're going to run out of gas? So we start saying our Hail Marys and we're freaking out, you know, because the whole shoot relies on us. We got paid to go out there and, you know, we're freaking out, man. We had just enough gas to coast into the triathlon. Literally, it was downhill. We coast in, parked right next to Nick, who, and we had to call AAA to come tow us after this. So we coast right up, and we park next to Nick, and he gets out of the car, and the car looks like it's on fucking fire. Right. Smoke just comes roaring out, you know? And he gets out, and he's happy as can be, you know? And he's ready to start the day, and he goes, and he's, he's shaking everybody's hand. He's just such a polite guy, and, you know, it was like seeing a pit bull on a long walk, right? And, uh... Yeah, I'm thinking to myself, oh, well, this is turning out a little bit better than I thought it was going to be. Because when I first, I thought it was, this was going to suck. Yeah. This is going to be my worst nightmare. 
But no, he was great on the triathlon. And then, you know, he he does the the swim. He's all excited. He pops a flat on the triathlon, and he comes back. And we're supposed to be filming them. And he's like, "If you want to keep that camera, you better turn it off and get it out of my face right now." Like he, he was wow. just, you know. But then he goes on. And he's like. I'm going to go on the run anyway. And he just dips on the run. He goes on like a five-mile run, comes back, totally cool. And I'm still like, I'm still kind of starstruck at this point, so I'm not really, you know, trying to talk to him too much. But we go back to the house, and here's kind of where we go back to the house after a long day, and he's kind of eased up to us. And we walk in, and we see his father, right? And I knew immediately it was his dad. You can just tell. He's sitting on the couch. He's drinking a beer. And, and, uh, Do they have that and he's, he's really Yeah, definitely. And he, he really... Um, He's not really there much at Nick's house usually. Um, now that I've you know been over there a bunch of times, he stops by and, and that kind of thing, and they have a cool relationship. But um, I walk in, I go to introduce myself, come a gentleman, you know, and I go to shake his hand, and he he just looks at me dead in the eye, and like it's not like he it's not like he didn't see my handshake. He just kind of looked at me dead in the eye and was like nodded, and I was like, well, I see where Nick gets it from, you know. Wow. And and so did you we, say that? No, I didn't. No, in my in my head, I'm thinking this. And uh, so we shoot we shoot the rest of the day with Nick, and we're just shooting, and we're stoned out of our mind during the whole photo shoot. And with it was Nick? Just, yeah, it was just a great time. And at the end of the day, he's like, uh, his dad actually came out to me. He's like, hey, I see what you guys are doing for Nick. It's really cool because we did a really cool shoot on Nick, and you know, tried to make him look as good as possible. And uh, you know, he does he's an enigma of the sport. He makes himself look good. But we just wanted to bring out what we thought were the best qualities in Nick, and I think his dad saw that while we were there and came up and formally introduced himself and has been cool ever since you know but that's just kind of i think their mindset and their mentality you know they get a lot of people in and out but yeah i felt this big and it was one of the most awkward scenarios another diaz awkwardness you know going to just sitting there with your hand out like wow just staring at you yeah pleasure to meet you but we ended up having a, a great shoot and um Nick ended up inviting me to go to the Deftones concert that night, and I couldn't go because I was dating a stupid broad. Oh my <laughs> god! And yeah, have yeah. you ever been with Nick when you guys got into a fight with somebody on the street? No, or? but I, which is funny because I've heard you know um, stories about people trying to get in their face because they, you know what? You took a video one time uh, that I saw. We well, took a lot of videos, but you know, there was the one time you took a video where got, you're like, "Look at these idiots with Nate Diaz," and they kept going up these. If you, I forgot the name of the video. Yeah, I didn't film that. Some fan filmed that. You know, we get that all the time. I All the time, people come up and they're like, just acting retarded. But I, like, I couldn't, but I think it was like in New Jersey or something. And these guys were like, Nate Diaz, well, you're a badass. And then they kept making like, like they kept, and you could tell Nate was uncomfortable. And they kept making like, like, uh, like, like, you know, they were making muscles and yelling stuff. And like, but just, this guy's a kick everyone. And it was one of the most uncomfortable things. But you know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, it happens far too often. You know, people think that there's a one chance to meet a celebrity and, you know, if they would just stay cool, calm, and collective, the celebrity or whoever it is, the fighter, they'd probably feel more inclined to just sit there and talk with you. But everybody comes up and they're like, it's my one chance. Like, for instance, we're in the grocery store the other day with Rhonda, right? And this guy comes up and he's like shaking and he's so nervous and he's like, uh, you know, he starts trying to pitch her a sponsorship deal right there in Whole Foods while he's like shaking in his boots, right? And, and, um, He's like, let me get your phone number. Ask him on her phone. And she's like, well, I'll give you my manager's phone number. And she's like, you know, lazy. Give him so-and-so's phone number. So I, the guy's like trying to take down the number. And he's shaking. He's like, will you take a picture of me? 
the guy is a bodybuilder, right? So he takes off his shirt oh in Whole Foods and on, he goes, please, Rhonda, this is going to be the best picture you've ever taken. And he stands in front of her, not with her, not next to oh. her, stands in front of her and flexes his muscles no way. as she stands behind him like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> you know, she kind of gave the Steve-O thumbs up face right. like, cool, you know, uh. but it's just, we get those all the what time. What about the guy who had the tattoo of Rhonda? Oh that guy, this guy has a tattoo of Rhonda holding, and it looks like Rhonda's holding a huge black penis. <laughs> it, it, it was just not, it was unbelievable. But anyway, we got, uh, we're, we're going to get to Dwayne Ludwig right now, uh, and then Dan the Wolfman, uh, lazy sitting with us the whole show. Uh, I'm sure he's got tons of more stories. They love having him on. Uh, let's call Ludwig right now. So we got we got Dwayne Ludwig on us right now. Uh, Dwayne Ludwig, uh, who is becoming the trainer of the decade uh, with Team Alpha Male. Congrats on all your success, man. Thank you, sir. Appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. It's it's crazy for me to have all this success and notoriety now because everything that I've done up until this point has been done off physical work, and now most of my work is just mental, just drop down notes, creating class, watching video, and just using my mind more than my physical body, and that's. That's what's the trip for me. So I'm getting all this love now, and I appreciate it. I love it, and I'll take all of it for sure. But it almost seems unworthy just because I'm not even doing no, no physical activity, and I relate physical activity with my success for all these years. Now to me, just sit back and I feel like I'm not doing much. So it's just a trip, man. Yeah, but I think that you know you having the fastest knockout ever in UFC history, and you being a K- yeah. you being a K1 <laughs> you being a K1 champion, and and beating Jens Pulver, yeah. beating Jens Pulver. <laughs> yeah. I think that kind of made up for. <laughs> I think if anybody's allowed to take some time off and, and use their, their, their like brain, it's, it's like you, dude. I, I don't think you have to worry Hell about yeah. that. Hell yeah. So, oh, yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. Hey, do I go watch my language on this? Sorry, I got, I'm excited. Right just now. the F-bombs. Just, just, just the F-bombs. Now, uh, by the way, your, your, your kid is probably the cutest kid I've ever seen in my entire life. I'm not, is that dude, it? little Dwayne Bing is badass. He is my little ninja. I love that dude. Nice work. Now, right now. Is, he, is he too big for the guys at Team Alpha Male, or, or is he... Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he, he's a little bit big for him, but um, he's in the cuts and waiting to help some of the guys out, so it'll be, it'll be good. It'll work out one day for sure. Nice. Now, now, now you, you, you were on a roll. I mean, for a while, you, you guys were like, by the way, we also have Lazy the Savage. What up, Dwayne? Uh, and, uh, nice. What's up, brother? Good, man. How you doing? And T-Rex. What up? Amazing. Now, now, uh, yeah, so they, yeah, yeah. Now, for a while, you you were, you were like forty and zero at one point uh, as as a as a coach. Jeez. Uh, and then and then the TJ Dillashaw. I thought you got robbed in that fight. By the way. Yes, that was a close decision. I think we could have pushed forward a bit more. And then TJ was going into the fight with a cut, so when it opened, look, there's more damage. So anyway, we let we let that fight slip through our fingers. I think we should have pushed it a bit more, not let it go to the judges, but. Just one of those things back at it, but you know, on the flip side, it was a 50 50 call, could have gone either way. I don't really necessarily think we got screwed, but you know, we can't do we can't leave it in the hands of the judges in the home country like that, but being that close. So, right. we'll just go ahead and step up and accept responsibility and say we did the wrong by not pushing, pushing the issue and ending the fight. But I appreciate that, baby. I, I gotta ask you about, about coaching because I do coach, a, I coach a little kid wrestling team from, from middle, middle school. So, no, I, you don't, mother. Don't I, I swear, I swear to God, I've been doing it for nine years. I started the Paul Revere Middle School program in Brentwood and I started and I started a high school program a high school program too I started for uh, uh, for Palisades right. High School but I got to ask you about coaching like so you a guy like Benavidez right uh, who who got uh, knocked out his last time first time ever getting knocked out 
now by, by, by Demetrius Johnson, what do you tell him afterwards? How do you pick up the spirits? What, what happens after the, something like that? You know, I think we had a technical error. You know, we dropped our hand. We, we, we slammed into the punch, so we were a bit exposed. But up to that point, he's been really good. But what I was telling him is that, you know, the training camp, everything was good. We just got caught with the shot. It was like, so the guys, we trained there. I want to 100%, 100% mentally alert because we're dealing with split seconds and fraction of an inch, and it's really no room for error. So, you know, because, that, you know, case in point with Benavides' this fight, you know, we just had our hand down and, you know, popped the head chin up as we were, you know, swinging a punch, and we got to be aware of those positions to make sure we're controlling our emotions in those, in those points. Because, again, we're doing split seconds of facts of an inch, and anything can happen. So as far as telling me lift up the spirits, I don't even remember what I told him, man. I was bad, man. I would broke my heart, man. I was, like, I, I, was, I, I was crying, man. I felt bad, and then just kind of beat us. And, we, you know, we put in a lot of work and stuff. For sure, well, he put in a lot of work. And, you know, we, we both, you know, man, we both trained a lot for that fight. But um, just, I don't even remember what I said, lift up the spirits, man. I was, I was, I was bummed out. I felt he, he deserved it. You know, he earned it and stuff. And I, I thought, you know, it was going to come in our hands pretty easily especially with the game plan, the way I've been watching the films and breaking things down. And then his, his rate of success and his, the percentage that he's been getting better over the months, it's just been awesome. It really has. And, you know, again, I'm getting all the credit for that, but I have world-class athletes with the focus of a freaking ninja. So there's no – and now and now with, like, proper information with the drills and stuff that I bring on the table, there's, there's no – there's no, nothing, nothing to do but improve. Do you get do you get more nervous sometimes for your fighters than you got for your fights? No, actually, I you know it, it changes. I'm sorry, let me back up. So many guys on, on the team, it'll change because some of the times I'll go in there and it'll be maybe my guy may, may have an injury or might have like a little X factor going on, so I know we're not may not be hundred percent. But and there, there's always a little bit of nerves for the competition in general. But I think I got more nervous for my own fights than, than these guys' fights because. I believe in them apparently more than I believe in myself. But I just watching them, the guys spar and just improve, and just the matchups and stuff. I, I never really go into the cage scared of any of my guys. Right now, uh, now Chad Mendez, um, who you know, I'm a big Chad Mendez fan. I think I think he, he's awesome. His last fight. Me too, man. That motherfucker's <laughs> badass. Uh, his last fight, uh, Rogan said something looked like he was wrong. Uh, it turned out he had the flu. Did he have to have a note from his mom? Or, uh, no kidding. Yeah, he did, yeah. And I certified it, too. I stamped that thing, so. <laughs> nice. Yeah, he was, he was a little bit sick going in. Now, were you thinking about pulling him from the fight? Oh, no, 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 no. He's a, he's a champ. I, I, didn't, I didn't feel like I'm not going to pull him from the fight and let him make that decision. But, you know, it wasn't that severe for him to pull from the fight, especially with that matchup. Right. Uh, now, now, Mendez said that he thinks he could beat Aldo. How, how do you see that rematch going? So I, I know he could be Aldo. I see the rematch going. It, 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 we got some good things in the mind for that. I mean, ideally, the best situation is to put Aldo on his back and you know, get some ground and pound and catch him on a scramble with the submission, of course, or you know, or cut him or something. Just there's avenues to beating him. But I'd rather than just standing in front of him, of course. But, so ideally, I would like to get him down and then catch him during, catch him on the scramble. Dwayne, do you get stoned when you break down <laughs> fights? I'm just curious. Like, does it help? Like like watching it can fights. help some people for sure me i'm so hyperactive and shit anyway so i need things to calm me down like i was on a schedule for a while and make sure i only set six hours a night just so i can operate on the next day on a, like a, a mild basis i'd be so hyperactive because i do miss details and stuff i just don't pay attention to some things especially i have a room full of 30 athletes i need to calm my ass down and make sure i'm paying attention to things so things like that can help people like me 
Now we were talking. I watch a fight. So the answer right, is right. The, the, the answer is yes. He gets stoned. Now, because uh, <laughs> no, I heard that you watch a, a tape without getting stoned, and then you rewatch it again stoned, and then you realize that you're watching uh, Lord of the Rings. No, no, and then but and then you. Sometimes d- that happens. Sometimes that happens. <laughs> now, now we, 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 That's awesome. Now we were talking about Ronda Rousey and her attitude. Uh, but not shaking hands and, and wanting the booze. Now, how let's say you're Ronda Rousey's coach, and let's say you're Misha Tate's coach. What do you tell each of those fighters before, during, and after the fight? Yeah, we're getting paid. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it is. You know, we need people with that uh, you know, not-so-honorable energy in there and kind of get a bit disrespectful because we need those characters in our life so we can talk about it like we are right now. So we need the villains, we need people to play the heel because that we need that in our life. So I'd rather them do it than us or me because I'm not going to do it. So have that, let them let somebody else do it, and I'm, I'm all I'm all for. It. Although I'd rather have some respectful martial arts in there showing common courtesy, but that's not always the case. Nor and you know I don't well, I always want to do that. Anyway, I do enjoy some of the. The, the shit talking and you know the, the fingers and such like watching Nick Diaz be like what the f-? and like, yeah so that's fun sometimes too I don't mind the mix it seemed like Tate uh, had had the wrong uh, had the wrong game plan she kept trying to lock up and shoot on Ronda which seemed like like the she exact- got it one time which was nice and I'm not quite sure what her mental aspect was I'm not even letting you answer the, the finish your question am I sorry, no go, go on I, you know what I, I'd honestly rather hear you talk to me so uh, for real yeah man I don't even <laughs> want to hear you talk wow I don't blame you you know I, I don't really know what the game plan was and maybe you know she got hit and got emotionally um, you know enraged and fighting this lost her cool and was not following the game plan. Maybe how she thought wasn't the game plan going into the fight until she got here. Or maybe she had the punch and rather excited. Right. Right. But I'd rather not, you know, get up in the clinch with her or roll with her. Although she did excellent in the fight with the rolling. I was very impressed with, with the taste jujitsu. Yeah, no, she did. I mean, she, I, she I couldn't believe that one arm bar. I couldn't believe she didn't, she didn't tap that arm bar. Um, now, uh, yeah, she an, another, uh, uh, guy in your and your uh, no your your uh, your Uriah Faber was zero and three last year uh, without you. He's two and zero this year with you, um, and he's next in line. So, uh, I think. So he's, how many? I think how many? We have uh, four fights this year. We had four. Yeah. So he's what four and zero with you? Yeah. He's, yes. He's he's four and zero with you. Uh, how do you how do you see the uh, the uh, Barrow Cruz fight going? And how do you see Faber doing against Man. whoever wins that? I I don't think it's the best thing for Cruz to be fighting Burrell right now. His first fight back in. But that aside, how I see it going is I see Burrell just smashing up his knee and leg, which is what he should do, both of them. And there's a couple of things that Dominic Cruz does in every fight that if Burrell picks up on him, Burrell's going to knock him out. But I don't want I, I don't want I'd rather have Dominic Cruz win. I'd rather see have you know stay the champion or become the champion or wherever that could be able. I'd rather see him be the champion now, just because it'd be a better matchup for um, Uriah. Plus, also it'd be a better marketability because they're, you know, they're not love hate because they basically hate each other. So <laughs> that fight makes more sense to me and the team. Now, I just hate the team, but in my eyes, how do you see the? Okay, so let's say Barral beats Cruz, which I think is going to happen too. Uh, how do you see the Faber Barral rematch going? Faber Burrell, that's an interesting matchup. We have to change some things which have been happening since January and it's a totally different fight. 
also, Uriah won't have a broken rib, hopefully. Right. So uh, how I say happening is, you know, ideally, again, is like the same, same scenario. I mean, this is a typical formula. You know, we, have a, we have a striker and we have a grappler for the most part. You know, throughout, even though he's going to get excellent wrestling in jiu-jitsu, let's go ahead and just label him as a striker and let's label Faber as the jiu-jitsu guy or the wrestler. Well, we need to take the, the striker now, put him on his back, and, you know, catch with submission on the, on the done scramble. So, I mean, that's a textbook game plan right there. How about we do something like that? That makes sense. That's what no, everybody knows what's going to happen. So there's no sense not talking about it. Right. No, I actually, Uriah got kind of, uh, he came on the show and we had a great interview, but then the one time he got annoyed at me was I, I, I said to him, hey, don't you wish you would have had, uh, I only wish you would have had Ludwig in your corner as opposed to TJ Dillashaw. And he was like, TJ Dillashaw is a great coach. Uh, you don't know what you're talking about. I, you know, I blame that loss on me and not my coach. Which I thought was actually a pretty, he was, you know, he was actually covering for, you know, no, uh, and I no. thought that was actually pretty yeah, cool of him yeah, to say, the, you know. Here's, but, here's, yeah, you know what, but to answer that question or to reiterate, like, your favor, your right favor, TJ Dillashaw is an excellent coach, and he's going to be, if he chooses to, like, pursue the coaching path when he's done fighting, that'd, that'd be excellent, because he's very good at it. He's one of my assistant coaches on the team. He helps out a lot. He's actually running some classes today, so yeah, that guy's awesome. But anyway, and I don't know. I think some of the things should have been changed or like maybe a different uh, game plan for the Burrell favor fight. Even I don't even know if there was a game plan or what the game plan was at all. But I would have approached that fight a little bit differently, but also Faber did get a broken rib in the fight from the knee from Burrell, so in a bit early, so that changed. Uh, you know, no, I mean, according, to, according to Chris Holdsworth, Master Tong asked Faber to borrow money during the fight. Is there any truth to that? This is, <laughs> that's awesome, dude. I hear those stories all the time about Tong, like, you know, always hitting up people for money and stuff, and he's like a crazy gambler and stuff. Yeah. And I, but I've yet to see it once. Like, I hear these stories all the time, but he's yet to ask me for money. I've yet to see him ask somebody for money. But Tong, dude, he is awesome, and I love that dude. And uh, maybe I'll talk about like, excellent martial art mitt holders. This guy is a freaking ninja on the mitts, man. He is badass. Tong can hold some mitts. But I heard, but he, but I heard he left for six weeks. That's hilarious, man. I don't, that's, that's so funny because I don't doubt that would happen. That's actually funny. <laughs> yeah, that's what I heard. I heard he was asking everyone for money. He wasn't working. You know, but I, I heard he left for six weeks and didn't tell anyone where he was going and then came back as if nothing happened. Yeah, you know, he's got a bit of a, like a child mindset, but to understand, he did leave. We, you know, but what was interesting is it was during Chad Mendez's uh, training camp he left. So, and then he didn't tell anyone he was going to go on for six weeks. So that, that's a little bit. He went to Africa with leave. Dave Chappelle. He went to Africa. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, possibly. But speaking of that right now, like I'm in Colorado. I've been, I'll be in Colorado for a week and a half total. And TJ Dillashaw has this fight uh, on the 15th. So I'm, I've, I've taken off for a week and a half during his camp too. So I'm not. But I let them know ahead of time. Yeah, you can't just like, leave. A little bit help out. So I'm staying in contact with him rather than just being a Ronin off anywhere. Now, everyone says that uh, that Favor gets laid every night of the week <laughs> uh, with a different chick. And that Danny Castillo never gets laid. Uh, well, will you I, confirm that? No, I'm kidding. No, no, everyone. <laughs> I can't confirm nor deny. I actually don't really hang out with the guys that much. I'm just in the gym and then just courting at fights. Really? Now, now, now what's yeah. your uh, what's your policy on? Because I know that uh, Dillashaw is, I think, ranked like fifth or sixth right now, and Favors ranked number two. What, what's your policy on guys fighting each other in the uh, gym? Oh, fight in the gym all the time. Let's fight. That's no, not like in the gym, but I'm saying guys. Better. Yeah, yeah, but but I'm saying. Like, I, know, I know what you mean. But the teammates <laughs> fighting in the cage. Um, yeah. 
I think, you know, it depends. You know, that, that's, that's, a, that's a little bit of a weird thing because for me, I, it, it is my business, and you're not supposed to, you know, mix your emotion with your business, but that's what makes me a good coach because I'm passionate about it. But with that being said, it would be hard for me to have two of my guys fight each other, and it'd be hard for them as well. But again, it is a business, and they're to get paid to get money, and get the exposure, and all that, and all, all that stuff too. So that that's a bit weird for me. If uh, if I had to do that, I'd probably choose not to. But I mean, that's what they do every day in the gym. Might as well get paid for it. Gotcha. Yeah. That, yeah. Right. That's that's what they said too. Now, is it true? You know, that- I certainly. When we have sparring days, I have my own UFC every week. <laughs> that's what's awesome. I have my own UFC every freaking Wednesday. It's awesome. Is it true that Benavidez once used Czech Congo's cup as a hammock? <laughs> yes, yes, that's true. That is true. Uh, okay. <laughs> a banana hammock. Now, now how much, uh, how much uh, talent does this guy Holdsworth have? A ton of talent. I think he can be a champion. That guy is very dedicated. He's got the right mindset. Super strong. He can roll and he can strike as well. His wrestling is actually awesome. He is a very the, the whole level of mixed martial arts today is just phenomenal. And Chris Holdsworth is one of those guys who's excellent in every area. Yeah, I just can't believe he didn't bang Juliana. I, I was really upset about that. Oh. I, I thought that was going to happen. What do you mean he didn't? Wow! Whoa. Wow! Ah! Wow. Wow. That's going to be our, our headline. Wow! That's that's good. I like that. Now, uh, so what do you? You're in Colorado. Do you, do you, now? How? By the way, how's the pay as a uh, trainer? I mean, is it is it going well? Are you, are you making as much, as much as you should? I'll tell you what. Now, the the guys, the team, they are taking care of me now. Now, now things are good. Yeah, we. Uh, at first, things were weren't, but then we we sat down, we talked, and they they stepped up, and they uh, they're they're taking care of me for sure. Their coach is paid. Good. Nice. I'm still driving a 2006 Scion, but I but coach is paid. Do you have a, do you have like sidecars for the guys when you drive? <laughs> Baby seats yeah, in the back. For sure. Baby yeah, dude, I fit the whole team in my Scion. Crazy. <laughs> that is amazing. Now, uh, baby on board stickers. What was I, I had? I had one more. Nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Baby on board stickers. <laughs> Brilliant. That is that is awesome. And now I'm, I'm happy that you're well paid. Now, have you thought about possibly uh, going like the Mike Dolce way and becoming like a Dwayne Ludwig, like fighting for babies, or or, or like you know like a, like a making like your own videos or? You know, you know, it's funny you say that because I am going to create a, a coach's certification course next year, and then I have my affiliate system now. And what I do is that each academy throughout the world, I send them exactly what to do that week. I send detailed videos of what drills for warm to cool down, and I give them the ranking structure and everything and constant contact with my affiliate. So as far as they branch out other avenues of my martial arts, yes, I am. That's great. Good for you. Because I, I think I think everything that I do is great, man. I'm hustling, man. And every asset, you know, of the, the martial art industry, I'm hustling. I'm out there sharing my my knowledge, and people are loving it. And I'm loving it. it. Makes me so good. I have a good purpose on the on this earth right now, man. I mean, I'm a happy human being. That's for sure. My family's healthy. Times are good, baby. That's this is a lot different than the Hector Lombard interview. But but this is uh, <laughs> now uh, lazy. Anything you wanted to ask the great Dwayne Ludwig? Where you at, lazy? Man, I'm waiting for you so we can burn one someday, sometime. I, yeah. I, I, I want to know. I want to know how the weed is in Colorado. That's what I want to know. Actually, I don't know, man. I haven't been on it for a while. Uh, what? I've been on it for a while, so I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm sure it's freaking phenomenal. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, what, what do you ago. mean? What do you mean? Is what? Why? Why the stoppage? Oh, I have to focus on some stuff. I have a couple things going. You know, irons on the fire right now, so I got to make sure I'm. 100% mentally alert handling my business. He's moved on to coke. No, <laughs> no. Can you imagine Hector yeah, Lombard yeah. on cocaine? <laughs> yeah! <laughs> so, Lazy, you don't have one question that doesn't involve marijuana for this guy? Um, 
you know you're good friends with Nate Diaz. Now Nate trains over with Alpha with Alpha Male, correct? Yeah, Nate's he's been there. there a few times. Yeah, yeah. that dude's awesome, man. Uh, him and Nick, they're the gangsterest guys in MMA. But uh, Nick has yet to come over, but Nate's come a few times. Gotcha. And then any, any questions you have, T-Rex, for the great Dwayne Ludwig? Um, are you going to let your son fight? And if so, are you going to be his coach? Of course you would. But uh, are you going to let your son yes, go down yes, that same road? You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to support his passion, whatever it is. Are you going to introduce him to the fight game? Like, like push him in that direction? Oh, man, or just he's around the fight it? game all the time. His best friends are like T.J. Dillashaw, Buckles, who I favorite. Like, he knows all the guys. Like He's around martial arts 24-7, so I'm pretty much for sure he's going to be a fighter. Although I don't really want him to be. I want him to just be a happy human being, a productive member of society, and you know, and just being a good, good little dude. But if he wants to fight, he can fight. You'd have, right. to be, you'd have to manage his career, though, as well as being his trainer, right? He'll be well taken care of, that's for sure. Absolutely, wow. man. Well, nice. Well, Dwayne, uh, thank you for being on the show, man. I'd love to have you on the Fair. show. You know what? I think that we should have um, like a, a Dwayne's fight pick. Every week. Where are you at? I, I really do, man. Yeah. A- absolutely. You are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> one, of the, one of the best <laughs> best coaches out there, man. And I uh, hope to hope to hear from you soon, man. Good luck on everything. Good, good luck Thanks, to you. I appreciate it. Plug my website, DwayneBang.com, BangMuayThai.com. Check it out, guys. Hit me up. Take care, Dwayne. Later, man. Peace. Good man. Thanks, gentlemen. Yeah, Take okay. care. Bye bye. Well, that was I Dwayne. Love his Ludwig. energy, man. Oh my god. I love his energy. That dude is like. You a, can see why he'd make a great coach. Yeah, he's just yeah. like. Bah, 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 bah. Oh my god, the most positive human being I've ever. I love people like that. You yeah. Have to, you have to record him and then play it back later when you're training. Now, what you want to do here <laughs> is put your arm through. That's. Fu- I mean, what a, <laughs> a funny guy, man. Uh, yeah. Like, but, yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> the babies on board thing was brilliant. By the way, thank you, thank you. He is. I mean, it's amazing what he's coaching, though. How how well he's turned these little savages into like <laughs> knockout artists over at Team Alpha Male. I'm sure they can appreciate his positivity and you know that attitude inside the gym. So you know, whatever it is, keep doing it, man. They're doing they're doing great. He's yep. up for uh, Coach of the Year at the MMA Awards. I think he's gonna really? win. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, he's got to. I mean, the proof is in the pudding. Yeah, who else? Or it's in the, uh, the <laughs> Gerber's. <laughs> Proofs in the baby food. Yeah, but who? <laughs> yeah, I mean, who else is? Uh, who, who else do you think could win Coach of the Year? Greg Jackson. Greg Jackson wins every year, but he's guys. I know, that's what I'm saying. I mean, these guys are, are, are winning, they're just not like. They're he, just not losing. Well, he he hasn't made the impact that like. Uh, you know, I mean, he's been consistent. Here, Dwayne is coming on the scene. Like the Black Zillions are also those guys are, are picking it up too, though. What's what's a shame is there's so many coaches behind the scenes that don't get the recognition they deserve, like the wrestling coaches, the boxing coaches, not just the head coaches, like Kenny I mean. Monday over at the Black Zillions or some of those you guys. Know, yeah, Melanson. Yeah, yeah you know, people along those lines. You know, they don't get enough credits, but uh, they're definitely as much part of the team right. and help the training as much as the head coach, I think. so. It's also, I think, you know, he, he went into a team that was like, they were winning, but for a while they weren't doing that well, the team alpha. They were not fighting the caliber of guys that, they, like, I mean, I mean, they were fighting the best guys, but they, but he went into it and all of a sudden they're like 42-0. and 0. It's just, like, like you what You can tell the? he just went in there and put his heart and soul into the team, I think, and that's why, you I think know. he taught him how to punch. I mean, not that they didn't know how to punch, <laughs> but he taught him how to knock people out. I mean, look at Chad Mendez's record before Ludwig. I think they were probably little things he was teaching that all of a sudden they were just, I mean, he was just knock. they became knockout artists, you know? But at the same time, it's like, all of a sudden, they're, I mean, I don't know if he could win forever, but Lance, you know, Lance Palmer lost, and then and now Benavidez lost. And, oh, that's the you know, fight game. Yeah, he went on a guy. crazy streak, though. I mean, and definitely opened up the the MMA uh, eyes to his coaching ability, and, and I think that was what his goal now, was. Now, a lot of people are really hard on Edmund. 
as, yeah, as, as a coach, but you know, I'm necessarily as, hard on Edmund because he is really a great guy. You know, he just this why, is another why are they hard on him. It's just another example of seeing him at his worst because he was around people that bring out the worst in him. He know? did do one thing that I think is, I mean, like I think he seems like a nice guy. I, yes. on, the, on the show, he obviously he knows what he's doing. He, he is he, a brilliant, he, brilliant boxing and he coach. He tra- trains like you know the Victor Chinians yeah. and the and the Ronda Rouseys. Uh, you know, he, he he trains some great guys. The one thing I will say is that in his gym, he has a mural of Muhammad Ali. He hates that mural. And it's right... <laughs> he hates that mural because it has himself on it. Right I don't next think- to Muhammad Ali, as big as him. Yeah. Like, I have to do say that, that that is a little bit much. I mean... Yeah, he, he's not a fan of it. He thinks it's vain, too. I think... I don't think he asked for... I think a friend of his... Came, or some... I think it was a gift to him. And, you know, you don't want to... But somebody on the underground did something really funny. No, normally, like the guys are, uh, you know, I mean, I, like uh, some guys do make me laugh. Uh, a lot of them make me laugh. But, but <laughs> hey, if you but, can't laugh at somebody else, you don't have the right to. Or if yeah. you can't laugh at yourself, you don't have the right to laugh oh, yeah. at anybody else. But they took that 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 mural, right? Yeah. And they're like, "What the hell?" Because all of a sudden, it became this huge thread. Was that was that mural? <laughs> and it was like, what's 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 the logo? Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. And Muhammad Ali and, and Edmund, right? And then they, they 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 took down that. They gave him a unibrow and he goes, "Do you know who?" I am, bro. <laughs> they photoshopped that. <laughs> and I was like, I, I, I laughed for like. I mean, that really made me laugh. I was like, oh my god, that that it, you know who I am, bro. Come, like, come on, that's that is one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> uh, like I said, that's that's their mindset. You know, they believe that nothing is impossible if they want. If they believe that, you know, but you must like admit I that said, is funny. Do you know who I know? Who I am, bro. I know you're. you're I, I saw it. You know, I, I get a chuckle out of some of those things. I could take it with a grain of salt you know it, it bums me out though that people don't get to know who he really is and how hard he works inside the gym and how how much he has dedicated himself to the team and not just ronda but to the, the the training partners of ronda and everybody in that gym anybody that steps foot in that gym is considered family because you have to be i mean you have to get the okay to stick around you might come in there but he, he, he also got put in a situation where like the so, Dennis Holman situation was jacked up, man. I really felt bad for him in that in that whole situation. I felt like he was getting antagonized and poked and prodded. There must have been else going on because what I saw wasn't. I mean, it wasn't enough to make that like. There wasn't enough stuff going on to make that happen. The way I heard it something happened in the parking lot that they didn't show completely. Okay, it yeah, because it seemed like there was something else going on. There and than just what I saw, you know, we didn't really watch too much of the show, but the part I did see with Holman because I had to check it out. I had to see what happened, you know, because I, I woke up and all of a sudden psh, the internet had broke. You know, everybody was exploded, right. and uh, I saw that Edmund kind of went behind the scenes and tried to hand him a phone number, say, "You want to meet? <laughs> Let's we can meet." You know, really don't save save the drama. We don't need Ronda any extra drama on Ronda. But don't you think Hallman would, would kill him? I mean, you guys don't know Edmund too well, do you? I I, I don't know Edmund, but Ennis yeah, Hallman. I that's mean, funny. Hey, the, ignorance I'm is not, bliss. Let me just say that. I don't, I'm just asking you what what no. you think would happen. You know, I uh, I can't say, but I will tell you what, people. You can would, say. Well, what what do you think? Give your honest opinion. Well, put it this way: we were just at Henner and Huron's the other day, rolling with, and I got to see some of Edmund's work, and I've grappled with him before in the past. And that guy has a ground game; he just right. doesn't show it. He loves boxing, and man, does he have some mean hands! So I'll tell you what: if Holman couldn't close the distance, I could see his face getting pretty busted up. I mean, Edmund's a very, very good striker, very good. But Dennis Holman, uh, uh, you know, at one point, 
I mean, he like beat Matt Hughes. Hey, I got all the know, respect in the world. For I think Dennis three times he beat Matt Hughes like three times. Hey, his accomplishments minute. are unbelievable. Dennis Holman's a, a G, you know. Yeah. But like I said, don't discredit Edmund. I'm not discrediting him. I, I've never seen Edmund fight. And that's the thing. And so a lot of people are like, "Oh, Holman would smash him." Well, you know, they let's Edmund will have no problem obliging that. You know, making that happen. I guarantee. Really. It. But the thing is, there's a time. If I'm a, if I'm a fight promoter, I'm listening. You're to listening this, that, and right? And I'm going, yeah. let's make Holman because yeah, people absolutely. would tune in to, to see that. But that's why Edmund gave him that that kind of. I think it was a piece of paper with the phone number. Low key was to, you know, we're on a set. There's a time and a place. Don't you can't really pop off at the mouth like that without expecting shit to roll downhill. And I think he didn't want to create any more drama for Ronda than was, you know. No, and he also got a situation where, like, at the at the bar. Ronda was like Edmund. Misha said I can't. Misha was Ronda was like Misha said I can't hit pads. And then, which is ridiculous. And, we just put out a video on Fight Hub TV of showed Ronda hitting a pad, and she's a monster. And he's also her trainer, and anytime and he has to protect her. And someone says you can't hit. Her. Of course he's gonna. What is he gonna say? Oh well, she has. You know, I mean, he's obviously no matter what happens, he's gonna defend her, and and she can hit pads. So that's but, what family and loyalty so and he team put, is all about. So he gets put in situations sometimes. What what I'm trying to say is where it's like they're kind of no win situations, and he there's no way to really look good. Especially when the cameras are rolling. Yeah, and capturing what they want to capture, you know. And so I felt, I really felt bad for Edmund because here's a guy who has worked so hard to fix the holes. Not not saying Ronda had a hole, but she was a judoka. She didn't, you know. Uh, I see where you go with that look. Uh, I'm, so, I'm so, surprised Ed didn't look at me like. I, I've, so, I've already written that joke. So, yeah. <laughs> so the guys worked so hard, and we've seen the leaps and bounds of improvement in Ronda striking. We saw it on Saturday night. And uh, he doesn't get enough credit for that. And now he's being villainized because of this TV show and what they show. You know, they need a villain. Right. They got their villains. They got their bad guys. They got their good guys. Let's face it. Also, Any, Armenians, at this also table Armenians are very, like, they don't, they're, they're very prideful. They don't take shit. Absolutely. I mean, I, I, I live in North Hollywood and right next to Glendale. They're very nice people. For the, for the most part, the Armenians are, like, very welcoming and they consider you family. But they're also like very, you know, prideful and boastful, and you know, a lot, a lot of they have the newest cell phones. You know, <laughs> they just want to. The white loafers. The white loafers, and you know, anyway. I listen, everybody's not going to get along. I get that, but right. Edmund's a great. So guy. we are going to call Dan the Wolfman right now. Uh, he is going to be our final guest now. People who don't know Dan the Wolfman, he is a guy who who was a pro fighter. He was one in three, but he fought uh, Jeremy Horn. I mean, the guys, the guys fought some, some legends, and he's kind of this guy who seems to piss off a lot of people on the underground. Some people love him or they hate him because he's always posting instructional videos on people's threads, whether they want to or not, and he kind of just takes over your thread. Like, you'll be like, hey, you know, John Jones, that, you know, like that was crazy at Anderson Silva at front kick, and he'll be like, here's how, what I would have done, or here's how to defend it, and people are, don't want to see that. So then all of a sudden it becomes this like huge war with like 20,000 hits or 30,000 hits of Dan the Wolfman versus people who were claiming that Dan the Wolfman doesn't know what he's talking about. And then it just, and he responds to it. It's a very entertaining figure. So I wanted to have him on the show because I figured why not give him a voice. He recently got banned from the underground. What? He got, he got banned because he, he, he threatened somebody, who, one of the moderators, who, because after actually... Um, uh, Marina Shafir's fight, uh, the Wolfman showed uh, the standing triangle, and people got mad at that. And then he goes, "Well, you don't know who I am, or not? You know who I am? It was became this whole thing. Became this whole thing of like, I'm, I'm a fight, and like the guy is very entertaining. 
and I wanted to have uh, he were like an hour and something late for his interview. But he, uh, I wanted to talk to him because he's he does know. Mm-hmm. You know, somebody MMA, him and Josh Barnett went at it at one point, him and Barnett on, on, on a forum, him and a guy named Jeff Nader got, are always fighting uh, a fighter for Bellator. And, but the guy is, is very controversial, and I thought he would be an entertaining guest. So uh, <laughs> I met him. He was a nice guy. Seems I, like a nice guy. I never really opened up any of the threads, but... Uh, oh, my God. If you want to... Uh, it was there was a thing of prime wolf, the Wolfman versus uh, Uncle Creepy, and, and that became a, like a ninety thousand hit thread of like that was crazy. And then sometimes he would like he one time he posted like a, a knife instructional how to attend how to defend a knife attack, and then people got mad that he wasn't qualified. <laughs> stabbed up. Well, he was like in like a front yard with some guy like defending knife attacks, Come on. and people were like, "Dude, like you have no. Why are you showing this? Right. Someone's gonna get killed because right. this is how you defend from getting shot." No, so yeah, I mean, I, I think he'd be an entertaining guest. So we're gonna talk to Dan the Wolfman. Dan the Wolfman, you're on the MMA Roasted podcast. Sorry that we got so late, man. We got got caught up, and uh, it's just we're just we're just late. But uh, how are you, man? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Just chilling, spending time with my uh, girlfriend before going over to train at Gokor's uh, High Sound Academy tonight. Nice. Now, uh, now you're you're a. Uh, you're a professional fighter. Um, you've you've trained according to your bio. You've you've trained with Tito Ortiz, with with Chuck Liddell, with with Tank Abbott, correct? Yeah, not with Chuck, but I, I, I trained with Tank and Severn and Tito and MFS and Sutter Barrow and Eddie Bravo and Gokor and Gene Bell. Now, what was it like training? By, now, for a few Tank Abbott's the guy. Like, now, what was it like training with with Tank Abbott? Tank Abbott, uh, you know, he, I had gone to UFC 40. I had helped Tito prepare a little bit in Big Bear for UFC 40, and then they announced like Tank was back, you know. And then, um, then like, I got back to Huntington Beach. I was living there for a few months, and he uh, found, like, a guy at a grocery store. He's like, I, I, I'm Tank's, like, a pad holder. So I got invited to the gym. I walk in, and Tank was uh, in the ring doing some boxing, and, he, uh, he said, come on by the next day, and the next day he had uh, um, some new uh, yellow yellow Asics wrestling shoes for me because he saw the black ones I had that actually Severn had given me well worn out. So Tate was actually a really nice guy. Oh, nice. Now, um, you also said that you fought in the, like, an underground uh, for, like, the president of, like, Pride. Like, he, that you didn't know. What, like, what the hell was that about? Yeah, exactly. What the hell was that about? I don't know what was going on. I went to the Pride tryouts in 2005, um, which was in California, I think at UCLA, and um, got a trip to Pride, won a trip to Pride, and, um, you know, like Takata liked me and Shimada liked me. I, I did the Pride tryouts the next day, even did the Hustle Pro Wrestling tryouts, and got a trip to Pride, and I got them to agree not to bring me for a few days, but I wanted to come train for a couple weeks to extend my flight. And um, Takata said, come by the day after the Pride, I think it was Pride 19 event. And uh, there was a press conference for Paolo Mistula. Sakuraba was there and all the press. And when I was wrapping up, he said, here, try on the Pride, these, these gloves, see if they fit. I'm like, uh, yeah, these are good. They feel good. He's like, hey, why don't you go do some light sparring with that guy over there? And I'm like, um, let me let me put my cup and, you know, shin guards on and stuff. He goes, no, 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 just light. And I square off with the guy. And the guy left high kicks me in the head, full friggin' blast, and I'm already going in with punches because I was at MFS at the time, so I was used to that, like hardcore. 
like, you okay, you okay? I'm like, yeah. And then we just started going and going and going. And I thought it was, you know, five-minute rounds. I'm like, well, we're probably doing three, maybe four, because probably it was 20 minutes. And then we went over, like, 35 minutes, and then we stopped doing rounds. And, and we went for one hour, which I guess is like an Iron Man match in pro wrestling. So for one hour, me and this kid, who later fought in Sengoku, um, we uh, we fought for a friggin' hour. I think I broke his ankle. I had a hematoma on my leg just from exchanging leg kicks and checks. And, um, yeah, so I fought for an hour. After about 35 <laughs> minutes, you can't really keep your hands up. Technique kind of goes out the window. Now, you're definitely, like, uh, you definitely have tons of stories, man. And you're kind of a controversial figure on this underground website because people, sometimes people, like, they, they get mad at you for posting videos on their threads, and, and then you come back at them, and then you, got, you recently got frozen, and then, now you're not frozen. Like, like what's going on? Yeah, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm a, I, I cause a dichotomy, I guess. I'm just outspoken. I tell it like it is, and I share my ideas and philosophies and theories and martial arts, and no one cares more about MMA than I do. Probably I've been around longer than a bunch of these young punks, and, uh, you know, I've been training MMA since January 97, even a couple of years before that. I've been doing martial arts since 86. So, wow. Um, you know, so I kind of have a different take on things. You know, I started no holds barred days and headbutt days, and you know, I have a different take a little bit. And um, you know, a bit outspoken. And I, you know, I just post my videos to help people. And on YouTube, I'm incredibly popular. You know, I get messages from military people overseas that say they train off my videos and and stuff like that. So I know people appreciate it from noobs to like amateur fighters writing me sometimes. I just had a kid writing me asking me some advice. You know, pro fighters. I've had pro fighters support me and endorse my DVDs and stuff. So no, when I went to Gokor, like, I told, I was telling them I went to Gokor like a couple weeks ago. I, I just joined recently, and you know, you you were very nice. You were like showing me moves that like you know basic stuff that like you knew and very. You know, you're, you're being very kind and patient. You did say, I will say, when it was time to roll live, you're like, how do you want me to tap you? Uh, the, the hard stuff or the easy stuff? Which I thought was kind of, I'm like, dude, you're like a, a brown belt. Like, you don't have to, like, do that. Say, you, don't, you, don't, you don't have to say that, you know? Like, how do you want me to tap you? But, you know, that, that, was, that, that was my one no, no, I meant if you want to go hard or do you want to go, you, you, you want to flow easy or you want to like, you want to see what I really got if I'm going like for serious. That's all I didn't mean. It wasn't a cocky thing. It's just like there, I mean, there's guys and we'll just, I, I say, hey, let's go light up my warm up round. And there's a few, you know, big Buddhist pro fighters and we'll grab your neck and squeeze you really hard. Oh, okay. You know, I, like, I don't know. Because it, 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 it did come across. It did, it did rub me the wrong way. We just like playing light. But I, then, you know, at, at, at that point, I could go, I could see, I could tell you were, you didn't mean anything by it, but I could see why it would rub people the wrong way when, when you're like, hey, how do you want me to tap you? It was almost like you were like a bad guy in an 80s movie or something, you know? <laughs> you now, you want me to knock you out with a right hand or a left hand? Yeah, and I was like, dude, I, I just want to learn moves and lose a little weight, and I don't, I don't, I don't want to be shown how to be tapped, you know? But, um... Well, I know you, I know you were a wrestler, you know, I'm not going to underestimate you. I didn't, I didn't know what you were bringing my way. Uh, it was all good. I... I I, I you know I wouldn't be, I, I wouldn't have had you on the show if, if I if I didn't if I okay, didn't yeah you. I didn't mean to cobra cow you yeah no there are, I mean <laughs> there trust me there are guys that, there are plenty of guys that are dicks that I will never ever respond or have on my show so I'm I'm giving you a platform because I, I think you're a good guy um, I I do think that sometimes you know I I hate to say but like sometimes like uh, you get into these like these like problems with people on the internet and it, it does become kind of entertaining <laughs> i hate to say it but it is kind of fun it is they're kind of funny to read what happened with you and josh barnett 
Um, I don't really want to get too into it because we, we both agreed we uh, weren't going to talk bad about each other at all. And, um, you oh. know, Josh is a great fighter. Come and, on, man. Uh, Hector Lombard was up here talking about beating his ass. Yeah, according to Hector Lombard, <laughs> Lombard, uh, Lombard killed him in sparring, according to Hector. The first time, then he was tired the second time. Then he, then Josh. Now, what about... Uh, I don't know. I've, I've, heard another, I've heard the other side of that story. I don't know, because both guys definitely have bully stories. I mean, you had Jake Ellenberger on last week on your show, and he was saying, yeah, let's just say that I've heard that, you know, it's not that fun to go with Josh Barnett. And he describes catch wrestling as the violent art, so, and he's a big guy, so I can, you know, I can understand that a little bit. Right, right. And now, is there now? Do you think? I mean, sometimes, like when people are like telling you, "Oh, Dan the Wolf Man, you don't know anything," and and uh, you know, Dan the Wolf Man, you're not blah blah. And now, has there ever been a time where you're like, "Let's have an open challenge"? Have you challenged anybody on the on on, on the underground? Well, yeah, on the underground, you know, sometimes I'll be like, "Hey, you know, don't be a punk," because you're not supposed to say shit, especially to a fighter, and unless you're willing to back it up if you weren't going to say it to their face. I mean, that's on the TOS, you know, that's in the rules for the site. So sometimes, yeah, I, you know, unfortunately, I mean, I was a fighter, you know, I'm more of a fighter inside. I wish I could have competed more often, but, um, yeah, you have to sometimes occasionally stand up for people, and sometimes, you know, I shouldn't have, and, and recently I did get into it with a guy, but, um, you know, he just, uh, in the last, yesterday, wrote me very, very sincere apologies and said, let's have a beer someday, so... Um, you know, on him. So, you know, you know, these things happen sometimes. It's a friggin' internet. Right. All right. Well, I mean, would you have an open challenge to anybody who wants to challenge the Wolfman? Uh, no, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know. When I was younger, perhaps I'm 36 years old going on 37. I'm not sure if I want to go. <laughs> I never thought storm. you were 50. <laughs> something. <laughs> he asked me how old you were. I thought, I thought, I thought, I thought you were 50. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were I thought you were older than that. Why why do you have to call me out and say that I thought My he was bad. 50? I thought you were a little older. <laughs> There's a big difference between 36 now, and 50. Now, I, I remember you would I remember that on the on one of the things that you, at one point you were trying to bang Juliana Peña's mom. Did did that ever work out? <laughs> no, that's never worked out. You know, she didn't respond. I don't know if she was the the one who had a hot mom in the first episode of Tough or Not. I never went oh. back and looked. But one of the moms was looking pretty good to me. And, you know, I'm, everyone else on the underground flirting with her, and she's 21. That would just look wrong. So I was like, hey, is your mom single? You know, I kind of just kind of just kind of flew out there. Right. But, you know, here I'm at my girlfriend's house now, and I'm very happy. So it, it's all good. So you never got to bang Juliana Pena's mom? That sucks, man. I, I never, I never did. No, no. What about you? You know, what about your dating life? Are you eating, eating some cookies over the holidays? Uh, I, I'm trying. He's got a missing tooth right now, I so do. it's a little hard for <laughs> yeah. him to do that. Yeah, I have a missing tooth. I, he gets I, with a female bodybuilder. She flexed her clit and knocks his tooth out. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> that's ex- exactly what happened. I, I got with you know if you get too aggressive with this female fighter you're gonna take out you know maybe she'll knock out one of your teeth too so no I I already have one knocked out and these, these guys aren't f-ing with you they're, they're not being they're not kidding I really do have a <laughs> now um <laughs> so so Dan now 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 you 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 have fought uh, Jeremy Horn uh, you you fought some legends do you kind of wish maybe MMA uh, was like as big as it was when you were uh, in your prime and how do you think you would have done. Oh, yeah, for sure. I would have been a decent B-level guy, I think, because, you know, I'm a good athlete, not a great athlete, but I am very fast and, and even flexible for my size. Like, I surprise guys. You know, I, I got some attributes and, and skills. 
But yeah, I couldn't do it the right way. There was an amateur when I started. You know, I fought on two weeks' notice. The guy that had the most fights in America at the time, he had 16 fights, and two of his losses were to um, uh, heavyweight fighters Dan Severn and Brian Johnson. And he was a two-time NCAA champ, wrestling champion. And I had all a few months of grappling under my belt. So you can kind of imagine how that one went as I was, like, going wild there, and I went to throw a sliding sidekick at him. Um, you know, there was an amateur to build. I, of course, I wish things were different. It got popular in 2005. Had I, you know, had nine amateur fights and done Muay Thai smokers and, and Naga grappling championships and built, you know, built myself, yeah, you know, but I was, a, I was in a different time when you just fought whoever and it was more about toughness and, and having the balls to step in there. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, I think uh, you definitely are a tough guy, man. Uh, you're definitely a guy not to be messed with. I, I, I saw you training with Manny uh, last week, and you guys were you you guys were you guys were going pretty hard, and uh, you know. Uh, yeah, Manny's. I mean, and, you know, and yeah, I'm a lot bigger. Manny's a friggin' stud. I mean, people have no idea. I mean, Manny is 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 one strong little dude, and, and he he's been doing this since he was 16, and he is one tough guy. But yeah, I've, I've gotten in there with the who's who of people, and. Um, you know, as far as fighting, you know, I did win people just because it doesn't show up on the fight finders. I did win three fights by first round submission, and I lost to three guys who combined have probably like 240 fights or something. Right. You know, 200, 240, something in there, you know, combined between the three guys. So, um, you know, it's not like I fought slugs either. Now, a lot of times I, I think people get upset. And, and by the way, I, you know, Wolfman, I'm not trying to. Uh, well, maybe I am a little bit, but, but a lot of times people get upset because, like, you posted a, vid a video of you with knives uh, getting in some kind of, like, like defending knife training, and then there was, a guy named yeah. there was a guy named Nader who said that, like, you were going to get someone killed and that you weren't uh, qualified to show how to defend a knife attack. Uh, what, what, what is your background in, in uh, knife training? Well, let me ex explain what, what kind of happened there. I post the videos that are showing the high percentage techniques, and then I show videos, which is light drilling called soft work in Russian martial arts. That the Russians understand it. It's about learning biomechanics and physics, leverage on the blade, leverage on the arm, um, and, and, and things of that nature on a very high level. It's like light drilling in jiu-jitsu. And then they took that, you know, and I explained it many times, but then they take clips from the light drilling videos and make gifs of it and try to make fun of that when these, <laughs> this is a learning tool. There's a difference between light drilling and heavily going at it and grappling, and everybody knows that, but they don't seem to understand that that's also how it works in other martial arts systems as well. Now, what is a ridge so. hand? Someone wanted to know what a ridge hand was? But like martial arts can be used for many things, my friend, and I will stand by that technique with the the, the right um, the right woman if you make her uh, excited enough and and, and there's enough uh, fluidity going on. Let's put it that way. Right. I got. I got wow. That was uh, Wolfman. You are uh, now. Now, look, uh, is there anything that, like, you want to get out off, off your chest? I know a lot of times, you know, people seem to be rude to you, and, you know, is there anything that you want to say to all the haters? Dude, I'm just very passionate, and I'm sharing, you know, my knowledge, and, and you know, I know it helps people, uh, you know, from beginners to, to pros. 
You know, I look at outside the box stuff and, you know, I've had videos on knee destructions for two years and I've shown it at seminars and I just released that footage and you see Chris Weedman does it and now everyone's talking about it and he calls it a destruction and Nader had even given him, you know, go, oh, it's just not a destruction, Muay Thai check, da, 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 da. And then, you know, Chris Weedman's called it a destruction. Yeah, I like Weedman and, better. And that's what I call it all the time, you know, because I look at Kali and Sistema and, and then various martial arts and I, I find little bits and pieces um, and Wing Chun even, how to apply trapping on the ground. And I look at little different bits and pieces, and, and people just aren't there yet. They're followers. They're Muay Thai plus boxing plus jujitsu. Uh, you know, is MMA. But MMA is mixed martial arts, and there's martial arts systems from around the world, and, you know, there's techniques that people aren't using that I preach. And, and um, you know, and I'm right, too. I've been preaching, and not that I invented it and all this shit that the haters say, but... I've been putting out stuff there more than anyone else about using calf kicks, about using knee kicks, and guys still don't know how to defend both of those properly. And those have exponentially gone up in the last two to three years. And then, um, you know, I'm also big on distracting hands. I've been playing with that concept, and you see Viota Machida and Anderson Silva do that a bit. I was definitely doing a lot of that when I was sparring at Black House and, and uh, playing with that. And I have a few videos on that. And then, so who are, who, are some of the the pro, who are some of the pros that have thanked you after their fights? No, unfortunately, no one has. But let's say that, um, you know, a few people have privately um, thanked me for some stuff over the years. Um, uh, a guy you, who's going to be a, become a big-name fighter. Just Steven one Seagal. Anti-cage <laughs> techniques or cage tactics. Um, you know, he just did it for the first time. Um, the very simplest technique, and he didn't do it to the fullest effect, but he did the simplest technique, and even at the end, most people want to catch it, but he tried to, to switch one technique into another technique. And this is very violent, combative, more military-type stuff, and it worked uh, very efficiently for him, and his fight was televised just in the last two months. And, um, you know, shortly thereafter, got an amazing knockout of the year. Nice. So if you can put those put those clues together and I've talked to him on Facebook since then. Do you think that you should be nominated for coach of the year? What's that? Do you think you should be nominated for coach of the year at the MMA awards this year? Come on, come on. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just wondering if people, if people should, I mean, it just seems like you're very underappreciated to all these UFC guys. And, I mean, you, you look at look at some of the stuff Dennis Holm, and Dennis Holm has got like, what, 50, 60 fights, 37 submissions or something, he's a submission whiz. And, and I've never met Dennis Holman before in my life. I've never met the guy, but I had emailed him my first DVD and later my second seminar. And, you know, this guy go, goes on Twitter and says, wow, it's so amazing after 16 years as a professional fighter to learn so many new things. And, I mean, this guy's a, a wizard. This guy's amazing. I mean, Dennis Holman saw Matt Hughes twice. Do you think Holman? Be, do you think you Holman know, beats Edmund? What's that? Who do you think wins, Edmund or Holman? Oh, um, come on! I mean, Holman for for sure. Be I'm careful what you say, Edmund Dan. You train a go course. A great <laughs> According to Lazy, Edmund beats Holman. <laughs> now let's not put words in my mouth, Adam. <laughs> what I said is that it would be a fight. He it would be a fight, a and people don't people don't know about Edmund's ground game, and he he has a ground game. He can defend himself, and uh, he's an amazing striker. 
So yeah, I'm sure he is an amazing striker, and I think he's two and zero in MMA. But I mean, Holman's like got fifty some fights, I think. So, I mean, that's a that's a big difference, and that's just being realistic. And I'm not dissing him at all. I, I I've only met Edmund once or twice, but you know, a lot of people I train with obviously also train with him, and uh, you know, it's not to say that. Um, right, right. It's just that you know, experience means a lot. Is there anybody in the UFC that you think you could beat right now? That I could beat right now, including uh, women. I would say a year and a half ago, I thought that there's some guys I could have hung with, especially at 85. If I actually got a, you know, Mike Dolce could get my fat ass down to 185, and yeah, maybe. Okay, at so who? What? Okay, 205, maybe not so much. But at 185, what fighters do you think you could beat? Oh, I don't know, guys. I, I can't remember their names. I'm not saying the, the top guys or anything, you know. <laughs> but, but, but you think you could beat like the number? I, know I can hang with guys. I sparred guys hardcore in cages. I, I mean, a lot of different guys. I mean, I know I have some skills. I mean, people. I'm not no, you obviously. I mean, you're, you're a brown belt. You're a brown belt under uh, under judo gene, correct? And Gokershevichian and highest time grappling. Yeah, and I got purple and blue belts before that. I have two black belts. I have another brown belt. So, yeah, I mean, I have skills. And for people to act like Mighty I mouse. don't have any skills is pretty ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. No, I'm no, not no, no one's saying that. I don't think. I think obviously, people know you have skills. But wait, I don't understand. You have a black belt, a brown belt, two purple belts. I mean, how many belts are there? What? How does that. I've got, I've got two black belts and two brown belts. What are the black belts and in? I've got, uh, black belt and Daido Juko karate slash MMA style, Japanese MMA style. Uh, black belt and Taekwondo. Brown belt and Hayastan grappling system, which is a combination of judo, jiu-jitsu, sambo, and catch wrestling. And uh, I got uh, brown belt Nikito. Not that much of you are going to think much of that, but, you know, I do. And I've certainly trained many, 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 many other systems and styles for, you know. Have you ever trained with Steven Seagal? I have never met Steven Seagal. Uh. Well, so anyway, my cousin is a, my cousin is an early black belt to him on two SWAT teams, and uh, does teach defensive tactics to a couple police departments. Nice, cool. Well, listen, Dan the Wolfman, uh, you've been very entertaining. Uh, I I enjoy I, I I enjoy you. You seem like you're you're a nice guy, and uh, I think you're. I, I, you know, if I, you know, I would say stop responding to people, but it's kind of entertaining to, to, to read. I, <laughs> but but I but I would say stop, just just like for your own sanity, because you know it's like what's what's the, what's the point, right? Yeah, and I'm probably going you know a little dark here. This is probably my last uh, big thing in the MMA community, other than posting occasionally on the underground. So um, you know, everybody doesn't know everything that's going on in my life, and. Uh, I figured I'd come on your show and have a little bit of fun, and that's it. Nice. And as far as my skills, I'm not saying I'm a world beater or anything else, and I've never claimed these things. I'm claiming I perpetuate the use of certain techniques. Even top fighters, I say respectfully to them, hey, I could help you out get off the cage. And one guy just used that technique. I mean, he really did. And I have high, higher-level techniques out there. There's uh, Managers just contacted me. Um, I'm not coach of the year or anything, but, you know, two UFC fighters, he sent that to two of his fight, UFC fighters that he manages. And so some of my cage tactics are slowly going to get out there and make the sport more exciting. And, um, you know, I know a lot of stuff because not only do I look at MMA, but I've looked at stuff and, I, I mean, I'm just, like, you know, crazy with this stuff and I analyze all different martial arts and combatives and, and, and you know, stuff from different systems and, and see nice. how they can relate to one another and work for real. 
Well, thank you for being on the show. I'm probably going to come by tonight. Uh, you could uh, kick my ass at the gym. And uh, okay. I, I appreciate it, man. Take care, man. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks, Dan. Well, that was Dan the Wolfman. Uh, that's uh, what do you what do you what do you guys think of Dan? I mean, was it, I think he's a nice guy. Nice, nice guy. guy. <laughs> he's fantastic. I mean, he, he's like an old time guy, you know. I, I appreciate. I'm gonna go down, to, go down to, to Black do. House, but I think I'm just gonna go t- talk to him for a little while. Really? <laughs> no. Oh. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm sure. He's I appreciate right. what he's trying. Yeah, to do. I, I appreciate yeah. what he's trying to do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm not going to diss him. No, I don't. I don't know enough about what, he, what he's, the hell he's talking about to, to prove him wrong. You know, I, I don't know what a juke can do. I, I, I don't know. See, that's that. another thing I was thinking about is the people behind the scenes. Not saying Dan's behind the scenes or anything like that, but what would make a better coach? Greg Jackson, somebody who's never fought professionally, or somebody who's actually had the experience. Something. Greg Jackson, I think, is better than Dan the Wolfman. <laughs> I, I would. I would. I would, I would go, go out on a limb. I think Tito Jackson would. You no, know, I, I, I would. <laughs> I will go on record right now and say that Greg Jackson is better than Dan the Wolfman. I, and that's nothing to, but but yeah, I I see your point. There are, there are guys behind the scene, but I, I just don't know. I, and, I, and I agree. Just you know, just to say, I'm just saying. You know, a guy with actual cage experience can obviously teach you. Somebody who's been around the game for that long can obviously teach somebody something. You know, but. Uh, See, the thing is, I, I, I didn't want to expose not, not to cut you off, but Dwayne Ludwig wasn't having the best success as a fighter. Well, then, well he wasn't beginning. He was a K1 yeah, champion. Yeah, of course, of course. You know, but I'm saying... He lost the last three fights, yeah. You know, and then... Uh, but he's, he's, he's having a lot of success as a coach... Maybe yeah. that's maybe that's Dan's path he wants to follow, or is trying. Yeah, there's to something about him that just people get so angry about. I don't. I I don't know what, but I guess that's good. I mean, if you're, I mean, he's got a name for himself. I, I guess they're talking about he, you. He's got to he's got to figure out how to capitalize it. Like he should just go all out and just be like double down and be like Dan the Wolfman. I will make. I could beat anybody in the UFC. Or is this something that like <laughs> is ridiculous? And then people who seriously, like, Adam, who would you want to see him fight? Realistically, one eighty five. I mean, I, and you've grappled with him, right? Vitor Belfort. No, no, he, I, I, we, we didn't go live because go. Was like uh, before we went live. Gokor was like, "No, you go with someone else." And then, yeah, and then the other, I was like, "All right." I think I think he might be another guy that like has something to prove, you know, Dan, yeah. the, Dan the Wolfman. But who who would I, who would I want to see him? For? I don't think he could beat anybody in the UFC. I, I, I hate to say it. Not even the women. The women. I mean, well, I don't know. I I, I haven't seen him <laughs> like fight. Dan the Wolfman versus Rosie Sexton. Who wins? <laughs> Well, the guy is a black belt in twelve things. You know, I, mean, I don't so, want to hear excuses. Adam. I just want to hear your answer, buddy. Rosie Sexton against Dan the Wolfman. I, Dan the Wolfman. Dan the Wolfman beats Rosie Sexton. I, I, but I, I haven't seen his stand up other than his like informative videos that I catch once in a while to see what everyone's mad about. So I don't know. I, but I would say, I would Why say is Dan. The, so mad at him? people. Get, dude, people get so angry. <laughs> <laughs> this guy, I mean, and, and people get mad at me, That's so, so I'm, I'm not gonna. Talk, but I'm, but he, but he takes it serious. Like I, people get mad at me, you know. So I, 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 maybe I could identify with him. Maybe Dan the Wolfman. But people get so passionate. You don't know what you're talking about. I think I can kick your ass. Like you did not invent this, and like it just goes. It's exactly on. what they want too, you know. They, and they, he gets all mad, and they're like, "Yeah, come get oh, it." Oh yeah, you know? he's like, "No," and then he, and then he starts listing like, like. Fifteen people that he knows and some like, and it probably like, makes him look a little bit ridiculous. Oh yeah, yeah. trying to prove himself to, like, yeah. you know anonymous screen names and things like that. That's why I just laugh that shit off. I just, oh, you have to. You yeah. have you. I mean, you can't get you can't get caught hey, up. Nate told me one time he's like, sometimes when people tweet hateful shit to me, I'll retweet the funny stuff. <laughs> if you can, <laughs> right. if you can clown me enough to where it makes me laugh, I'll give you props. Yeah, you know? but, that, but that's also like walking a. 
a very thin line because, uh, <laughs> you know, trying to make someone laugh and then pissing off Nate Diaz is like, ha, 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 until they get mad at you. you yeah, know? Renato Laranja didn't f- find that too funny. Oh, my God. Yeah, that, that, yeah, he was not in on that joke. No, he was not. I was there <laughs> for that. And Jesus. Laran, uh, Renato uh, told me that he was like shitting a brick. He was. But he had to be in character. So. And poor Renato. Yeah, he didn't drop character one. I saw both guys immediately following the stand. Renato was like, Talk to him, tell him it was a joke. I thought Caesar was in on it. Uh, and meanwhile, Caesar's like, that's stupid ass. Like, you know, you don't do that to those guys. Yeah, those they, guys do not want to be in punk. And in public, man, oh, dude, no, they're not wanting to be punked. Not no. ever. Don't ever try that, you know, with them. He's right. lucky, he really, he's lucky he didn't get punched. I mean, I think Nate did a good job of, for the most part, keeping <laughs> it cool because he did that in front of all his fans and all the people, his autograph line. You know, that's really disrespectful shit. There's a funny uh, like thing with Matt Brown. Like, like, called like a punk version of the UFC punk, uh-huh. where this guy goes up to this guy and he goes, Hey, man, can I borrow your phone? And the guy goes, Okay. So he borrows like some poor guy's phone. And he's like, Yeah, I'll meet you right here, right now, and I'll kick your ass. And he, the guy just runs away. And then Matt Brown shows up with like 10 dudes, like, Oh, you want to fight me? And the guy's like, No, some guy just used my phone. It's, it's like one of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever seen in my life. Google Matt Brown punk. It's really, really funny. But anyway, that is our show. Uh, thank you, Lazy, for coming on. Anytime, thank man. you, Dwayne Ludwig. Wig. Thank you, Dan the Wolfman. Thank you, T Rex. Anything you want to plug? I'll be at uh, uh, Las Vegas Live at Planet Hollywood the first through the fifth. So uh, in Vegas. Oh so, yeah, come check that out. Anything you want to plug, Lazy? Follow me at Lazy the Savage on Instagram and Twitter. Posting all kinds of cool stuff. Looking to take a trip up to Stockton with uh, all the roommates, the girls, and a few other people. We're gonna take a big train trip up there. So. Stay tuned for some uh, cool behind-the-scenes stuff. Wow. It's like the Scooby-Doo van meets uh, <laughs> some weed. Uh, weed weed's fighting. Uh, I will be. Go to adamhunter.com. Follow me at MMA Roasted and at Adam Comedian. Thank you very much, and thank you, Fox Sports, for having us. Take thank care. you. Thank you.